The following program is made possible by the faithful friends and supporters of Higher Aim. Would you like to live with the power of God all over you? Living in God's power is possible. Glad you're here. We're going to be looking at the life of Moses to learn how to experience just that. Take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy 34. Scripture says this, Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. You continue on here in this passage of Moses' calling and, and the experience with God in the burning bush, and you realize that God is calling him to represent him to Pharaoh and call for the release of his children. He has heard their cries being oppressed for so long, and now he sends Moses even before they are told, Moses is told, enough is enough. You represent me to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. You speak on my behalf. And you and I need to realize that the promise of power always flows, not from our ambitions, but rather God's word. God's word is very, very important. What you attempt needs to be biblically rooted. What you dream needs to be biblically guided. What you feel needs to be biblically corralled, if you will. And many of us are living instead based upon our feelings and our desires and our emotions rather than from the flow of the Word of God. Yesterday I had an encounter with a, a young pastor who was trying to make a decision about moving churches and uh, taking a great step of faith. And I had asked him previously, I said, um, has God spoken to you? Has he given you a promise of what you are dreaming that he would have you do in the days to come? He went, what are you talking about? I said, don't you remember that in Psalm 119, 105, the Bible clearly says, your word, O God, is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I said, I, I have never made any decision major, especially major decisions in my life without it being rooted in a promise from the Word of God, because you're going to need it. 
And if God is calling you to go someplace and do something, you're going to need to stand on his word and not the memory of an emotional response that you felt like it was a great idea. And his response to me was, I've never heard of such a thing. And he was a pastor getting ready to take another step in ministry. There are not only pastors who don't operate from the word, but there are a lot of believers who have relegated their spiritual life to something that happens on the weekend and then it's shelved rather than allowing it to flow from the Word of God. Let me just tell you, if you want your life to flow with the power of the living God, you must allow it to flow from the Word. That's why you need to be a man of God, a woman of God who knows the Word of God and puts it into practice and stands there. That'll give you a great sense of confidence and that will give you a great sense of security. You see, that's how God wants his power to flow, rooted from his word, not your feelings. There's another thing I want to share with you. The prominence of power is always before the people of the world. God wants the world to know he's in charge. He wants the world to have a witness of his power, and he wants to do so through his children. There in Exodus 14, as you look at the end of the chapter there in verses 30 and 31, there is the recount of God destroying Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea as God would deliver his children out of Egyptian bondage. And God did it with unbelievable flair. There was great protection for them as he would hold back Pharaoh's army with, a, with fire and a cloud. And God would use that cloud and that pillar of fire to protect his children in an unbelievable way. As you read the story that is recounted over and over again in scripture, as well as verbalized from generation to generation about God's hand shaking and destroying Egypt during that time, you and I need to understand that God wants the glory and he wants the prominence in all of that. It's almost like seeing the picture and hearing Charlton Heston say, stand back and see the hand of the Lord, as God would blow open the Red Sea. If you read it very closely, you realize that that just didn't happen just in one moment in a Hollywood instance, but God would call Moses to stretch his hand out and all that night, the wind would blow, separating the waters and drying the ground on the Red Sea and at just the right time, the children of Israel, millions of them, not just a couple of hundred or a couple of thousands, there were over two million of them would walk through on dry ground. And as they would get up on the shore of the opposite direction from Egypt, Pharaoh's army would be released to go after them and God would destroy them in the Red Sea. You, you and I need to realize it's pretty, pretty dramatic that also says God's in charge. He's large and he is in charge. You see, God wants his prominence to be spoken of by us and shared to the world. This world has no idea some of the biblical stories that we have talked about in this church. Many people are totally uh, 
ignorant concerning the hand of God in our, not only our American history, but in biblical history. Uh, for them, God is a concept, not a person who deserves prominence before the whole world. And it's for you and for me to live such that God's power is seen in and through our lives where he is prominent to the world. There's another thing I would share with you that the provision of power are always for the people of God. You see, God wants to show his power in your life personally. There in scripture, you find not only the splitting of the Red Sea, but you also find the waters at Marah that were bitter now are turned sweet for the children of Israel. Manna, quail are provided. Thirst for, for millions are quenched out of a rock of all things, two different times. And those stories are repeated in Scripture. And you and I need to understand that those stories are there to let us know that God provides. Let me ask you a question. Do you have any stories of God's provision in your life? You know what the Bible says in Philippians 4:19, but my God shall supply all of your needs, not all your wants, but all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do you have stories that you tell your children and, and your children's children about how God met needs in your life? how he put somebody in your path or opened up a door of opportunity. Let me just tell you something. If your storytelling is more about how wonderful you are rather than how wonderful God is, you are robbing your children. Remember the Bible tells us that it is in God's hand that the ability to earn wealth flows. Do you understand that? So therefore, as a child of God, even your success financially is rooted in the hand of God on your life. And God has a flair for the dramatic, and he does want to show you so that he can show other people through you that he is operating with his power in and through your life, whether it's a physical healing, whether it is a physical need met or a relationship issue resolved. God wants the prominence and God wants to say, I am providing that for you and your life. And that's important for us to grab hold of. But I, I want us to take another step and that is to understand that the principles for power are always before the people of God. There are several things I want to share with you about this. First of all, if you're going to understand how God's power will flow through your life, you must first of all see your full position in God. As you look at Moses' life as God would encounter him with that burning bush, it started out with, I can't. I want. I don't want to. And finally ended with, God can and God will. You see, you and I, as children of God, need to understand it is not about us, but it's about him in us. And when you can see and understand who you are in Christ, it will give you a great sense of security and a great sense of drive and a great sense of vision and destiny in your life and security in your life as never before. You need to see your position in Christ in God. Second of all, you and I need to stand in full consecration 
to God. Now, I want to tell you about this story, and we're going to stay here uh, as we bring this in for a landing, but consecration is very important. In Numbers 20, Moses strikes a rock rather than speaking to the rock. And out of anger, anger, we find that he doesn't do what God told him to do, yet God provides for his people. You see, probably it was the very same anger that was out of control when he killed the Egyptian 80 years before that now surfaces once again when he should have known better and grown past that spiritually that would cost him dearly. You see, full consecration is important. You know what full consecration is? It's doing what God says in his word. Don't ever think for a moment that you will ever see the power of God flow through your life if you do not remain fully concentrated to Christ. Let me just say this to you. I think that that one of the greatest fallacies that is being perpetuated, if not being proclaimed today in Christian circles, is that somehow or another that you can be uh, halfway committed to Christ and still receive the blessings of God's power in your life. Nothing could be further from the truth. You see, you and I will never see the flow of the power of God in our lives and through our lives unless we are fully committed to him, fully consecrated to him. Augustine, the great early church father, once said, Christ is not Lord of all unless he is Lord of all. You see, many people believe that lordship is optional for the believer. It is not. As a child of God, he wants you to be fully committed to him, not partially. You hold back any area of your life. You hold back any dimension of your experience. You hold back any relationship or habit in your life from his authority and his kingship, and you will not have the power of God flowing in your life. This is one of the reasons why the church has not made the impact it could have had on our country. It's because we are filled full, our churches are, of Christians who are halfway committed or even a quarter way of committed to Christ. There is no passion. There is no drive to know Christ and to make him known. There is, well, if it's convenient, if it meets my needs, there is a self-centered agenda in our cultural Christianity today. And that's why we are missing out on the power of God. But I don't want that to be true of your life. I don't want that to be true of my life. I don't want that to be true of our church. You see, if you and I will take seriously the claims of Christ in our finances, in our relationships, in our professions, in everything we do, if we will allow him to be Lord of all and live with open hands and open hearts, we will see his power flow through our lives. And if we are wondering If we are wondering why it's not happening, you don't need to be looking at a church being the issue. You need to be looking at self being the issue. You understand? You see, full consecration is critical. Moses would miss out, and we're going to talk about that in a second. 
on what God could do through him because he wasn't fully consecrated to God in the area of his emotions. You're going to find that true in here in a second. Number three, you need to stretch in faith for God. If you want to see his power in your life, you need to stretch in faith for God. You see, since faith is standing on God's word and taking him at his word and believing, it means that that I am going to live doing what God says I am to do, whether I feel like it or can see it. I'm going to operate there. And many times we learn that God's way is always best, and sometimes he takes us in the same direction through different routes. In Exodus chapter 17, he tells Moses to strike the rock. In Numbers 20, he tells him to speak to the rock, but instead he strikes it. Both would give water for millions, but God wanted to get him there from a different route. You see, there will be times where you and I think that what God is really trying to do is to get us to the end of the journey, when in reality, he's trying to to develop us from the point of the beginning of the journey to the place of arrival. And learning what it means to take him at his word and to do his word will incorporate stretching and faith, believing his word and standing there, even though you haven't experienced what he said you will. And that's maturity. And that's where the power of God flows in your life. Faith says, I am not responsible for the result, but I am responsible for my obedience to what God's word says. But I also need to tell you that either you step in obedience or you miss the blessing. I want you to hear the whole story out of Numbers 20. In verse 8, we read this. God tells him, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to, what, uh, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. Go to verse 10. Here's Moses' response to the people. Listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Sounds like he just got out of a deacon's meeting. (laughs) Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. Next verse. But... The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I will give them. You know what God was saying to him? Your obedience is very, very important. You miss out on obedience, you will miss out on the blessing. You see, there's a price to pay for our disobedience. When we choose to live in our own power and our own logic and our own emotions rather than God's power and his presence, failure is inevitable. I want you to see something. I told you about the nugget. Did you see it? Look at verse 7. 
Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. I want you to hear this. It's very critical. Moses wasn't through living, was he? When he died, he could still see very clearly. No contact lenses, no bifocals. <laughs> His strength wasn't gone. He had all the physical ability needed to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. But he would die on the plains of Moab because God prevented him from going in because he wouldn't honor God as holy and just speak to the rock and do exactly what God said, no more, no less. Let me just tell you, with blessing there comes responsibility and either you step in obedience and experience his blessing and his power or you choose to justify your disobedience and you miss out on God's best. You're still his child. You won't miss out on eternity. You won't miss out on heaven, but you will miss out on God's best for your life. Do you understand that? You know, I need you to hear this for me as your pastor. Our church has never been about money. It never will be about money. Quite frankly, if all of our people tithe, we could make such an unbelievable impact on the kingdom of God, we'd be looking for places to give away money in our community. That's what would happen. Every church is like that. But what has happened is that so many of God's people are disobedient in that area, and that's why they struggle over and over and over again financially because they're not trusting God. And we have generation after generation who hasn't learned to trust God financially. In the area of sharing our faith, so many of us are, have spiritual lockjaw. And God has opened up, us, opened up countless opportunities to stand for Jesus, but more of us are so consumed with what other people think about us rather than being obedient to the call of God and being messengers for the King of kings and Lord of lords, we have missed out on that opportunity and privilege. And we have missed out on seeing what God could do in and through us. And it's because of our disobedience. We miss the blessing and the joy of seeing countless thousands and hundreds of thousands coming to faith in Christ. Not because God's power is not available, but because we walk in disobedience. We miss out on God's blessing for our children and our children's children, because we are building a society built upon our whims rather than God's word. And we are reaping what we are sowing in this generation right now. And that's not a political statement, that's a spiritual statement. And God's children need to wake up and instead of trying to clean up the White House, they need to take care of their house right now. And that's what is going on in our lives. You see, I don't know about you, but I want to live with the power of God flowing in and through my life. I want to see the power of God rocking our church and affecting our community, but that will only happen when we choose to be obedient to Almighty God. Please don't clap, you'll get me going. 
Let me bring it down and tell you just simply this. You want the power of God in your life? Three things. Line up with him. Listen to him. Love him. You do those three things. You line up your life, your behavior, your decisions, your values with the word of God like he wants. And then you're going to be in the place to really hear from him next steps for your life. But even in the midst of all the obedience and all the hearing, just love Jesus. Just love him for what he's done for you and what he will do for you. And that you're, you're called by his name. Fall in love with him and that will be contagious and that will be powerful. And your life will ooze with the power of God. And people will know you're a Christian. And they won't have to be asking how you voted because they sense something more dynamic in your life, influential of your presence because the power of God is flowing through your life. In just a moment, Dr. Dodd will return with a closing thought. Well, 2017 has been a great year. We launched our program in July, and now as we get ready to launch in January, we want to invite you to really connect with us. I mean, really engage with us. Go to higheraim.org and sign up for our daily devotions. I would encourage you to become a partner with us in ministry and together we will shake this world for Christ. Everyone loves receiving gifts. What do you get for the person who has everything? What kind of gift can we give to God? This month on Higher Aim, we'd like to give a gift to you. Dr. Dodd's message entitled, Biblical Principles of Giving. This unedited message will help you understand God's gifts to you and what you should do with them. To receive your free audio CD of Biblical Principles of Giving, call or go online today. Having the power of God in your life is all about receiving. And God wants you to receive that. He wants you to be able to have his power flowing from your life. I pray that you have listened today and that you have been tuned in to always remember that there is responsibility for obedience in all of our lives. And I pray that today, as God speaks to you, that you would be responsibly obedient to him. You do what he tells you to do. And regardless of what it is, keep walking forward and watch for his presence to be powerfully real in your life, meeting every need and using your life to be a blessing to other people. God bless you for watching this day. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your children who are seeking to connect with you. May your word take deep root in their lives and may they experience your power always. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Thank you for joining us on Higher Aim. Have you been encouraged by what you've heard today? We would love to hear from you. Call 1-800-250-6730. Visit us at higheraim.org or write to us at Higher Aim, Post Office Box 8100, Omaha, Nebraska, 68108. Thank you again for joining us. See you next time on Higher Aim. The preceding program was brought to you by the faithful supporters of Higher Aim.